Alrighty, I'm joined by Fritz Neighbor of the Daily Interlake. He's calling in right now. We're going to talk about the, the Montana State Bobcats. Big matchup on the horizon Friday night versus the Kansas State Wildcats in March Madness. The Bobcats right now, they're 8.5, 8.5 point underdogs. So they're in the running. They're not, you know, the odds makers are definitely keeping the Bobcats in this one a little bit. Thank you again for joining me, Fritz. Get right into this. Just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this uh, matchup for the Bobcats, what you know about Kansas State, and just kind of this season as a whole for the Cats. Well, I don't know what you were watching a minute ago, but I was watching Princeton beat uh, two-seed Arizona. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, why not the Cats? So the 14th seed facing three-seeded K-State. There are, there are a couple of reasons. Uh, K-State's got two great players, Keontae Johnson and Marquis Noel. Um, they're both really good. They both transferred in. Johnson transferred out of Florida after, I, I don't know if you remember this, i kind of forgotten. He had a scary collapse in December 2020, didn't play basketball for two years while they kind of uh, took a really good look at his heart condition. Um, Florida was refused to play him, so he winds, winds up K-State. Having 17.7 a game, really good player. Marcus Snow stands 5'8", transferred in from Arkansas Little Rock. He's really good at the point. But, you know, the Cats are, you know, back-to-back 25-win seasons. Raekwon Battle, you know, the transfer from Washington, um, leads a team that's uh, experienced and big. And as the K-State coach, Jerome Tank, pointed out, they have made more free throws and their opponents have shot. They get to the lines. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, if you had to pick one fourteen seed to win a game this weekend, I think it would be the Cats. That, that's funny you mentioned the Princeton thing because I was just about to bring that up. I'm like, you look at this weekend already. I think Furman knocks, knocked off Virginia. So we're lo- it's, getting, it's getting wild already. So, yeah, why not the Bobcats? Very interesting thing up there about Johnson. I totally remember all that going down. I did, I'd never put two and two together. That was the same player. So, hey, cool to see him back on the court. And he is a heck of a talent. I remember that he, he was an NBA prospect at one point. So the Bobcats will have their hands full there. You mentioned back-to-back 25-win seasons for the Cats. I did kind of want to ask you. I did a little research. I see there hasn't been back-to-back Big Sky Conference champs since the Grizz won two straight 2018-2019, and there hasn't been a three-time repeat champ since the 70s. So kind of that being said, what has made Coach Danny Sprinkle's time in Bozeman so special in only his fourth season? He's got two tourney appearances, and can they maybe be the power of the big sky for the next few seasons? Because like you said, a lot of talent. They are kind of a more veteran team, but definitely a deep roster, and Sprinkle's got some special role in yeah, you know, and he's a he's a Bobcat alum, was a great player, and uh, he got hurt pretty severely. He got take he got undercut on a layup when he was a senior, I believe, and kind of put him out for the year. And he eventually worked his way back uh, into the program as head coach, and he's done a great job. I mean, you look at that talent up and down the roster. They've got Darius Brown, the second defensive player of the year. Chariel uh, Bello was first team All Conference. I believe last year. I know he was tournament MVP last year. Uh, this year he's second team. Raekwon's first team pick. Um, and and behind Jabil, they have uh, Great Osobor, who's the top reserve in the big sky. And those two kids are big and strong. And uh, they get the line. They rebound. They hit their free throws. That's important. And uh, you know what he's done in four short years is pretty impressive. Uh, the trick for the Bobcats will be uh, to hang on to him. Because usually when somebody wins a couple of big sky championships, 
you wind up in the Pac-12 or the Mountain West pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, they're tough. Looking back to last week, you know, they, they handled all the challenges. That semifinal matchup they had was a tough watch in the second half because nobody was making anything. But then to call the play they did for the alley dunk to Raekwon, to put them up 60-58 with just a couple ticks left, just a great play, a good offensive play, which the game was pretty short up for a while. And uh, then they took care of NEU, the, uh, the upstart NEUs the next night. And here they are, two straight trips to the dance. Yeah, no, it's extremely impressive. And I'm glad you brought up that game the other day. I believe it was the semifinal. That, that was making the rounds on Twitter across the whole college hoops community because it was just a dogfight of a game. Bobcats play such a physical style of basketball. Get, like you mentioned already, they get to the free throw line so much, and they have so many great defenders. So, no, they do really have a team there. And you mentioned the size up front. I kind of was comparing and contrasting a little. They might have the advantage on the glass versus Kansas State and possibly in shot rim protection as well. So this team does have some real talent. Um, you kind of mentioned – I did want to ask you, kind of mentioned the big sky historically when a team has a lot of success, you see the coach kind of move on. I did want to ask if there's any memorable big sky teams that from that had some big moments in March Madness or ever played that underdog role or kind of teams that come to your mind, March Madness moments related to the big sky. Oh, yeah. Well, big sky conference wins in the dance are pretty rare. Um, Weaver State had one a long time ago with uh, Harold Arsenault, the turtle. Um, he beat Georgetown. It was a heck of a win. And then it took until, I think, between then, I can't even remember the year it was. And then uh, I think it was 06 that the Grizz went in on the second year of a back-to-back and beat Reno, beat Nevada, which used to be a big sky school. Um, part of the things that helped the, uh, the Grizz that year is they used to have this thing called the Bracket Buster Games. Um, they're non-conference games against out-of-conference, you know, powerful opponents. They, that year, they beat Stanford at home. I believe that was that year. Anyway, it helped them get a higher seed than the big guy generally gets. I believe they were a 12 or an 11 seed. And Reno was seeded higher, but, uh, you know, Andrew Strait and company went in there. Kevin Criswell went in there and, and beat Nevada and then uh, lost the next round to Boston College. And, and uh, not coincidentally, Kristoviak, the head coach at the time, was off to uh, – off to greener pastures the, the very next uh, season. I think he joined the Milwaukee Bucks as an assistant not, not long after that. So, you know, it, it's a long time coming for a Big Sky Conference victory. Um, I think it's the best chance the league has had in a while. And, you know, bully to the cap. Two fifty ones in two years, and it seems like ever since they got beat pretty badly by 30 last year, they've been kind of pointing back to this moment. And it's also credit to him that they were able to win the big sky. I mean, Eastern and Eastern won 16 straight games and was the uh, number one seed going in. They got knocked off by NEU and the cats said, all right, let's take advantage. And they did. Yeah. You got to give credit where credit's due. And that's, that's exactly, I mean, they took care of business when they had to the most. I think that Eastern Washington kind of was poised to be in this position where the cats are. And like you said, they said, Hey, Eastern Washington's out. We're going to go for it, and they do have the makeup to be a team to play Cinderella a little bit. I saw people going as far on Twitter as going, look at the matchups, Bobcats, so the Sweet 16 makes sense. I'm like, I won't go that far yet, but <laughs> I, I, do, I do think that they can really hang with Kansas State, make it a tough game, and you look at, like I said, an eight-and-a-half-point spread. The odds makers aren't rolling them out, and in March Madness, like we've seen 
time and time and time again. If you can keep it close, crazy things can happen. I think the biggest thing for the Bobcats in my head is just kind of keep playing that style, get into the free throw line. Don't feel, you know, they get down 10 early. They have to just make it all back with a couple threes. So if they could play their style that Coach Sprinkles implemented, play physical, there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. Um, anything else you'd like to throw out there, Fritz? Great stuff. Uh, it's been a fun tournament already. And, yeah, Friday night we got a big game to look forward to. Hopefully the Cats can shake things up for the state of Montana, represent a little bit. Fun stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, my bracket's already busted. And I, yeah. I did pick the Cats because I'm a sucker because I always pick the big sexy in to win one game. Because, you know, they're due. And each year they're more due. So um, I go back to that semifinal game and there were no no free throws. Free throws were hard to come by in that semifinal game against Weaver, which they won 60-58. The, the Cats never really got frustrated. They just kept uh, plugging away and playing great defense. I think that bodes well, too, because fouls don't get called as much in the dance. You know, they just uh, – it's a, it's a contact sport, basketball is, but especially more so in the NCAA tournament. And the fact that the Cats were able to hang in with a physical Weaver State game, bang with them, not get frustrated and pull out the win, that, that's another check mark on the positive side for the Cats. So, they say how they do tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That was, I actually had that in my notes for kind of questions to watch is what happens if that whistle's not blown? Because like you said, they do let them play a lot more in March Madness. The physical play is going to be there. And one thing about the Bobcats, it seems like they're no matter what, they're going to bring that physical temp, like energy. They're going to push it. And they're going to make the, the ref take the, you know, blow the whistle. So they're going to put the pressure on the ref to make the calls. It could actually work out to the Bobcats. They play physical, but yeah, no great points, a different style play come March. Going to be a lot of fun. And can the big sky pull off the upset? This might be the year that feels like a real chance. Last time Kansas state was in the tourney, I did see they were upset by UC Irvine. So, Hey, you know, yeah. it's possible, you know, there, you know, there's a little history there. So they might have that yeah. in the back of their head, wanting to shake that one off, uh, not want to lose to another underdog. Yeah, different coach since then. I mean, the coach now is a uh, he was on the Baylor staff when they won won the dance a couple years ago, and they played Washington that year. And Raekwon Battle led the Huskies in scoring in that game, so he remembers Raekwon. Um, Cats are back in Greensboro, which is uh, I think four years ago, four years ago, where they had one of their greatest wins in school history, beating U- UNC Greensboro, um, a Sweet Sixteen team the year before. So, you know, good luck to the Cats. I think they could do it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, for it. Always appreciate your time. Anything else you want to throw out there, feel free. If not, like I said, thank you so much. And just looking forward to this tournament and a big night for Montana basketball. Montana State's going to go out there and represent, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I've got three days starting tomorrow to watch all. Yeah, there you go. That's the best feeling right there. It's like, all right, time to do nothing but watch college hoops for a few days. No, that doesn't get much better than that. We'll see. Who knows? By this time next week, my bracket might just be in the trash can. I'm getting close already. So, yeah, mine is, mine is already. Yeah, no, I, I'm about there. I, I went out on, on a limb and took UCLA to win it versus Baylor in the championship. So I'm pretty sure I'm not looking too good, but we'll see. It's fun stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome stuff, Fritz. Thank you. I think Are you still there? Sorry, the mic was cutting out a little. No, I'm still here. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It's getting choppy. But, no, thank you. You have a great day, Fritz, and I'll talk to you soon. Yep, see you next week. All right, thank you. Bye. Awesome stuff, as always, from Fritz. Sorry about the end there. I got a little choppy on the microphone or something coming through the line. But March Madness, it's always a roller coaster. I'm going to wrap this preview up with a few more little notes here. Just kind of some stuff I roll through, put together, some matchups to watch, and kind of what is the key for the Bobcats to get a win if they want to pull this one off. So 
Here's my preview. Like I said, they're eight and a half point underdogs heading into this one. That is in the ball game. You know, Vegas, the odds makers, they're not here to lose money. They expect the Bobcats to be in this one. They're going to keep it interesting based off that. Fritz mentioned we already had Princeton pull off a huge upset. Furman pulled off an upset heading into Friday night. The Bobcats might be next up. It kind of is leading up that way. They have a lot of experience, talent, and in this era of kind of extra eligibility, a lot of players playing a sixth year, a fifth year, having those veteran guys who've been there, they were in the tournament last year, they've won a few conference tournaments, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. So that's really a key for the Bobcats. They have that continuity. They have that chemistry as a team. They've won games when they maybe shouldn't have. Tough games where all of a sudden you're out of it, they pulled it together. So a lot of credit there. Now, diving into the stats a little bit, Montana State is currently the second leading team in the country when it comes to free throws made per game, 17.8 makes per game. Like Fritz mentioned, it'll be interesting to see how the refs blow the whistle. But it could end up kind of working to the Bobcats' advantage. It seems like on defense, they also really bring the intensity. They're not afraid to play physical themselves. So it could end up balancing out where maybe they don't get to the line as much but they're able to play a physical defense as well with their guys down low like Bellow, Osborne. So they have the talent to get physical. Darius Brown on the outside. They have the talent to be physical with a team like Kansas State, who is obviously very physically talented themselves. So here's what you need to know about Kansas State heading into this March Madness game. They started the season on an 18-2 tear. That's a pretty hot start, but... They've lost seven of their last 12 down the stretch. So this might be the right time for the Bobcats to catch the Wildcats. The Wildcats haven't made this tournament since 2009 when they were a four seed. Like I said, they were upset in that tournament by UC Irvine in the first round. So it's a possibility the Bobcats can follow up, you know, a little history on their side when it comes to upsetting the Wildcats in March. Like Fritz mentioned, different coaching staff, different regime, very different time in college basketball already. So, pre-pandemic like i said the extra eligibility nowadays you have so many transfer portal guys it's a different era but the history's there quick note big west teams uc irvine those are i'm also a that's where i'm a sucker in the bracket i always end up i picked i think ucs ucsb uc santa barbara to win i don't, I don't know i always fall for it just one of those things so big sky big west i, I don't know something about it moving along though Here's the matchups to watch when it comes to this game. Can the Bobcats slow down the Wildcats' two top scorers? Senior forward, Keontae Johnson, who Fritz mentioned this duo. Keontae Johnson and Marquise Knoll. Johnson, he was an NBA-caliber prospect. He did go through that injury, so not sure where that currently lies, but definitely was a guy on the radar. He was at, He's averaging 17.7 points per game, seven rebounds, and Knoll's averaging 16 points and 7.6 assists per game. So he's a true facilitator, Knoll is. Guy who will get the offense going. It's going to be important for the Bobcats to get him out of his rhythm early and often. Darius Brown, he was the defensive player of the year in the big sky. Guard, that's going to be his job. He needs to make things tough on Noel. If the Bobcats want to win, that's going to be key right there. That's the matchup to watch, in my opinion. And then Jubril Bello protecting the rim. He's going to be key in this one because, truthfully, he has been a defensive anchor for that team. He's been that guy. And then, you know, it's like, can you have somebody slow down Johnson on the perimeter? I don't know. Can you have somebody slow down Noel on the perimeter? I don't know. But if Bellows protecting the rim efficiently, can make a big difference. The other matchup to watch, the Bobcats ball, handle, ball handlers, excuse me, versus Noel on defense. He swipes 2.4 steals per game. Marquise Noel's a beast on defense. Fritz mentioned he's a 5'8 guy, probably extremely quick. I have to imagine to play D1 at that height. 
definitely got good hands getting steals. So got to watch out if the Wildcats unleash a little full-court pressure, kind of get the Bobcats out of their flow. That's a matchup to watch because this Bobcats team, they want to get in that half-court offense. They want to be able to get to the free-throw line, attack the Rams. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get in their flow with a guy like Noel who's so good at making it tough on the ball handler. So last matchup to watch here is the Bobcats big men versus the Kansas State defense. The Wildcats only averaged 2.8 blocks per game as a team with no players averaging more than a block per game. So in my opinion, if Jabril Bello and the Bobcats interior scores can operate around the basket and battles able to attack the rim, that can really change the game, allow them to play inside out, create open looks for the Bobcats on the perimeter. That is the key right there to me. The Wildcats are not an elite rim protecting team. The Bobcats have some elite rim protectors. And Bello, of course, big sky competition. You're stepping up here a little bit for Kansas State team, who was ranked nationally as a tough squad. But they have the pieces to match up, and that's the matchup to me, along with Darius Brown on Noel. You can let Keontae Johnson get 25 and win this game. That's just something to consider. But you got to keep the Wildcats off the glass offensively. You have to dominate the boards defensively 100%. And you have to just play fundamental basketball and knock it out of your rhythm. So how can the Bobcats play spoiler? We'll wrap this up after this. In my opinion, the biggest thing that Bobcats need to do is continue playing their style of basketball. Yes, we talked about with Fritz, the game is going to change in March Madness. The whistle will not blow as frequently. But they just won the Big Sky Tournament for the second straight season. Their second straight big year in a row. Two, I believe Fritz said they've combined for 50 wins in the past two years. They have a style, and styles make fights. And if you want to play Cinderella, you need to get in there and play your game. You can't go in there and reinvent the wheel of March Madness. That's not what got you here. So the Bobcats, in my opinion, they need to go out there, get to the line, attack the basket, really secure defensive rebounds. I can't make enough emphasis about that. And put the pressure on Kansas State to make shots. Because if you can make a team have to make tough shots to beat you, the pressure's on. They Kansas State, they, they if they beat you, it's whatever. You're the underdog. You're going in as an eight-and-a-half-point dog. Make every shot tough. Have a hand in the face on every shot. Throw some traps at him. Make Keontae Johnson have to take over the game. Get Noel out of his rhythm. Don't let the Wildcats big man attack the glass. And all of a sudden, it could be a ball game. It's very possible. I think the big thing I mentioned earlier is if they struggle early, they have do they have that strong sense of urgency, start chucking up bad shots, trying to get it all back at once, or do they keep playing their game, chipping away, playing smart basketball, letting those veteran players do their thing who have been there before because that's what it's going to take for the Bobcats. So overall, I think you play your game, you stick to what's got you there, and then the good looks will come. You work inside out, you play smart basketball, and you create as many opportunities for battle to just get in space and do his thing. He, I'm not going to go out on a limit and say he's an NBA caliber talent. Raekwon Battle, watched him a couple times this year, quite a few times. He has NBA caliber scoring ability, no doubt, though. The guy can get a bucket versus anybody. He knows his game. He's an efficient scorer. He's a confident scorer, and I expect him to go out there. And he might be kind of a little extra motivated playing against guys like Noel and Johnson, who have been on the biggest stage, have a little NBA talk around their name battles. Like, hey, if I put on a show today, all of a sudden, you know, it's going to elevate my stock post-college. So it's a big game for the Bobcats. I'm excited to see. I think you get battle in space, let him do their thing, attack the rebounds hard, and don't let that Wildcats defense fluster you early, and all of a sudden the Bobcats can keep that thing interesting. They make their free throws late. That's one of the biggest things in March Madness. You cannot miss free throws and win a game. T 
teams are too good. All of a sudden, you go 15 for 18 at the line. You're down three late. Got a shot. That's all the Bobcats can ask for. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you again to Fritz for taking the time to jump on the show today. I'm all March Madness stuff right now. I'm pumped up. I've been watching it all morning. Set my alarm this morning. I was up at 10.15 watching basketball. So Friday, it's going to be another fun day of hoops. Bobcats game tonight. Everyone enjoy. Hopefully, we're talking about another Bobcats game later this week. A little Cinderella story. Maybe they will make that sweet 16 run. So you never know. Thank you, as always, to Nomad GCS for the support. Like, like I said, thank you again to Fritz for hopping on here. And thank you to you for listening. Awesome show today, guys. Hyped for this big sky action in the March Madness. We'll see how our uh, Bobcats do. But either way, fun stuff. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the fun. March Madness, it's that time of year. Go big. All right, y'all. Thanks.